All right. Uh, the rest of us, why don't we grab our Bibles? And for the summer, we have been, as the screen says, we've been uh, looking at the, uh, the Psalms. And we've been choosing different Psalms uh, to uh, kind of unpack and see how they uh, uh, challenge us and, and help us to live out the lives that God wants us to live. And this morning, uh, we're going to conclude this series because, because summer is ending. Can you believe that? And I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not happy about it either, although it's nice to know that football is back, right? So that's good, especially when your team actually wins a game. How about that? So I won't get used to that. But anyway, uh, we're going to end this from Psalm chapter 67. So Psalm 67 is where I want to take a look. And the title of my message today is this, Let the Church Pray. Let the Church Pray. And this morning, my goal at the end of this is for our church to spend some time in prayer. Uh, specifically for what this psalm addresses and what this psalm talks about. Uh, here's, here's what I know. I know that God does amazing things when the church begins to pray like they've never prayed before. That's when, we're, that's when we start seeing some of the things that Jonathan just saying about strongholds coming down uh, prison walls being uh, taken over uh, people being set free this does not happen as a result church of just having a nifty program or two or good music and i'm all about good music and i'm all about having quality programs for as as much as we could do them effectively. But we cannot, we cannot assume that we could have all those things in place without prayer. I heard somebody say one time that the devil does not care how busy we are in the church as long as we are prayerlessly busy. As long as we're busy without prayer. If we could be busy without prayer, then all we're doing is stuff. And we're just kind of having programs and meetings and, and, and fellowships. And again, I love programs and fellowships and most meetings. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I like all of that. But prayer has got to be a priority. And so I, I am, I, I, I've been really gripped by this whole thing. Uh, in the last number of months for our church. And I've been saving the conclusion of the series for this emphasis because I believe, I believe that God wants to take this church to a different level spiritually and we can only accomplish these things through prayer. Organization is great. If you know me, I'm very type A. But to be type A with no prayer in the church, it doesn't accomplish much. So we've got to pray. 
I'd like to take you to Psalm 67, and we're going to read seven verses from there. And if you wouldn't mind, and if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? I, I believe I have found some things for the church to pray about. And this is what we'll pray about today, and not just today, but for quite a while. Uh, why don't you read this together? If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. I'm in the New International Version here this morning. Uh, it says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Verse 5, by the way, repeats verse 3. It says, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest, God. Our God blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So Jesus, I pray that these words would come alive in us and God draw us to prayer. Draw us to want what you want. God, draw us so that your agenda might be our agenda, and Lord, lead us to seek your face, and I'll thank you for all you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray this, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Let the church pray. So I want to do is call the church to pray this morning. You say, well, pastor, I really don't know how to pray. Let me, um, let me go there for a second. Because there, there, there's, there's some bad teaching out there that exists that seems to indicate that the only way that you can pray effectively is to pray a certain way, to use the right words. Don't you dare use the wrong words. And, 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 and it's almost, we almost have this uh, script, almost this list, and really all of this is is just some crazy American theology. But we have this list of words that say, okay, if we say these things, then God will give us all of our stuff. Right? And I gotta tell you that prayer is a whole lot more than asking God for stuff. My goodness, people who are married, what if your relationship consisted of nothing but your spouse asking you for stuff? Maybe that is your marriage right now. <laughs> it, it would be an unhealthy situation. And, and that's part of it, prayer. Part of it is asking God to meet our needs. We've already done that, matter of fact. But there's so much more. And today, I, I want to ultimately take the focus in our prayers off of ourselves and more on what is God's agenda for the Akron area. Because this, this area needs Jesus. 
And, and, and let me just pause and tell you, we are not here to compete against any other church. I don't get into that. All I know is this. There's more people not going to church right now in this city than there are going to church in this city. And so there is a harvest field out there that we can reach for Jesus. Amen? So I believe the Lord is calling the church to pray. And I believe that... I believe that we are seeing some things in our culture right now that I thought I would never see. And, and I'm not too old. I'm not too young. But I'm not too old. But I, 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 never, I never thought that there would be a debate as to what is a man and what is a woman. And that's, I mean... Facebook has a choice of 58 genders that you can identify by right now. 58. I saw online, <laughs> stay off Facebook. Uh, I saw one person online, they wanted to identify as a cat. So if you hate cats, I'm kidding. Uh, and that's how they wanted to be. And you know what it is? And I'm not, please, you've got to know me. I'm not making fun of these people. We have a culture that desperately needs the Lord. And there's a culture that is putting a big stamp of approval on all this craziness that is so contrary to what the Bible has to say. Our, uh, well, I'll stop there. So let me break this in just three different parts here today. Okay, the church is calling us to pray. Uh, number one, I, I want to show us what I believe our prayer needs to be. How should we pray? According to this psalm, what should we pray for? What should we pray for? Now again, a lot of times we just say, okay, God, it's prayer time. Uh, bless us food, amen. Uh, uh, and, and now lay me down to sleep. And, and, and that's kind of the extent of our communion with God. And I, I think that we can get a little bit deeper <laughs> uh, with the creator of the universe as to what we're praying for. Because here's what I know. God has given us this tool called prayer to accomplish the supernatural in this earth. That's the, that's the tool that he's given us. Okay? So we should utilize this tool. We should follow Jesus' example in prayer and hear from the psalm there's two things I want us to pray for on a regular basis. Number one, I believe that we should pray for spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. Wait a minute, where's the part about my stuff? I'll get to your stuff. But spiritual blessings. Look what, again what verse one says. The psalmist writes this, May God be gracious to us, and bless us and make his face shine on us. What an incredible prayer for a church to pray. God, I want you to make your face shine on Bethel Church of Talmadge. I want you to make your face shine on everything that we do. And again, Lord, it's for you. It's not for our sake. It doesn't point back to us. We don't try to get attention ourselves. God, all the attention 
goes back to you. I pray, my prayer is that God give us the favor of God in everything that we do in this church. God has used this little church to do some pretty amazing things in the past. And I can tell you that it has nothing to do, well, I shouldn't say nothing, but not as much to do with us as it does about him. We have put ourselves, church, in situations where success or failure totally depends on God. And if you're a control freak like me, that will scare you to death. And yet God, God says, that's exactly where I want you to be. That's exactly the place that I want you to put yourself, where you have no choice but to trust in me. And God's given us favor for that. But I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. We do this little outreach called the giveaway every year. And when I say little, I mean really, really, really big. Where we, we, we bless people. We bless people with furniture and appliances and toys and groceries and, and clothing and households. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to miss a department, but it, it just, it's crazy what we give away just to help meet people's earthly needs. But before that, we share the gospel with them. We saw 75 people last year give their lives to Jesus Christ at one event Please don't get used to that. All of heaven rejoices when one gives their life to Christ. 75? Are you kidding me? Hundreds of people walking through the doors of this church. How? I have, I have churches that say, how in the world do you do that? And my, after a lot of study and thought, I tell them, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, all I know is that we have the favor of God on this thing, and God blesses it, and that's all I need. And, and that's, that's my prayer for everything we do. When we, when we reach our kids, when we reach students, when we reach families, we pray that we have the favor of God in what we do. Every song that we sing and play, every lesson that we teach, every time that we serve somehow in this church, maybe nobody else will see it, but God sees it. And we want the favor of God in everything that we do. We pray for spiritual blessings more than anything. God, bless what we're doing. And if it's not of you, God, we won't do it. But secondly, I think we should also uh, pray for material blessings. Some of you are saying, ah, my stuff. Don't get too crazy. Because here's what I know. It's not all about you. And if there's anything that the 20th and 21st century church has been guilty of, is making the Bible and God and even church about us, about you. And that's only part of it. Again, look at verse 6. It says this, The land yields its harvest, God. Our God blesses us. Our blessings come from God. You might work hard, but the blessing comes from God. You might put in a lot of effort, but the blessing 
comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Every good thing that we have is because of God. And Lord, we pray that you would bless us materially. But it's not, it's not to make you rich. It's not, it's not to, to just make you happy. Can I tell you that God is more obsessed with making you holy than happy? So it's not about, it's not, it's not God bless me so I can have, 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 have. God bless me so that I can give out. See, we pray for these blessings, not to say our church is bigger than your church. That's not why we do it. We pray for these blessings because, not because we want to get attention online. We pray for these blessings, number two, for a specific purpose. And number two, I want to give you our purpose. The purpose behind the prayers that I want to offer to you today is found in verses 2 through 5 and 7. Look again. So that you may, I'm sorry, so that your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation. Look how this is written. Your salvation, God, amongst all the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Then again, look at number, uh, verse 7. May God bless us still. God bless Bethel Church so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. God bless us, not, not so we could say we've got this or that. God bless us so that people can fear you, people can put their faith in you, people can put their trust in you. Do you know what our purpose is behind our prayers? Let me put it to you really easily. We want to rob hell and fill heaven. We want to rob hell and fill heaven. We are all about people finding Jesus as Lord and Savior. We are all about people who are disconnected from God's church to find connection and know that there is something real to be found, authentic to be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our culture, our city, if you have any idea what took place downtown over the weekend, our city desperately needs Jesus. We have people that are lost that need Jesus. They need Jesus. There, Jonathan's saying about strongholds. There, 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 is a, there is an addiction stronghold in this area that's unlike most other counties. Portage Summit County, people who are addicted to heroin, fentanyl, all kinds of drugs, it, it is huge in our area. And we can throw money at those things, and I'm sure that that can be effective. But what if the church 
vigorously prayed that God would just defeat that stronghold. The people that are bound by addiction would find freedom in Jesus Christ. Could it be that people that are looking for things that are outside the parameters of God's word, we could start to see that because the church is praying. Now, I'm going to be straight with you right now. Watch what you pray for. Because God will give it to you. Wow, we got some people with some issues. Well, you probably got a few yourself. (laughs) But it's going to happen. I've seen it. I've seen it. And if that scares you, then don't pray this prayer. Don't pray that God would rob hell and fill heaven because of the efforts of the Holy Spirit through this church. Don't, don't pray for that then. Because God will start to honor that prayer. And you're going to find people that are lost and need Jesus. You've got to understand they need Jesus. Well, they're not like me. Hallelujah. Because we don't need a church full of people that are like everybody else. There are people that desperately need God. And the Lord can do it. So we need to pray. Uh, I'm going to make an announcement. Um, Beginning in September, the first Wednesday of every month, we're going to have, there will be no Bible study like we normally have it on that day. Just on the first Wednesday of the month, okay? So on the first Wednesday of every month, we're going to break from our regular ritual and we're going to have a prayer meeting is what we're going to do. And so we'll have a time of worship. Instead of giving you a Bible study, I will preach a short message. Yes, I said short. Uh, A short, (laughs) and it is possible. I'll preach a short message on prayer. And then we'll call the church to pray. And I believe God's going to do something through that. And, and please, and if you don't like that, okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. But, but understand, God has thrown this in my heart so strong. He really has. He has thrown this in my heart so strong that we as a church have got to pray more than we ever have before. And so that's what we're going to do on the first Wednesday of every month here in this room. If Wednesday's not your normal thing, and, and by the way, our Wednesdays have actually skyrocketed as far as attendance lately. It's, it's incredible. Uh, let's get the church together to pray. We're studying Colossians right now, so we'll study Colossians this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God just breaks the strongholds that are in this area, that the lost will find Jesus Christ, and God will just do miraculous things. Can you say amen? Amen. So, let, let me end with what I would call our plea. How can we pray for the lost? And this will actually be the meat of the service, the sermon today. How can we pray for the lost? I get it from the psalm. Let me show you what we're praying for. 
We're going to pray that the lost would know God. We're going to pray that the lost would know God. I laugh at other pastors when I talk about the giveaway to them. They'll ask me, wow, how big has your church gotten because of the giveaway? Hmm. I answer them, and so many of them don't like this answer. I answer them, that's not why we do it. That's not why we do it. Here's my philosophy. I think Jesus said he would build the church, but I think our responsibility is to build the kingdom. Does that make sense? And so we pray that the lost would know God. See, my heart gets broken when I see what's going on in our culture. My heart gets broken when I see lost people that have no hope, they have no purpose. It kills me to hear of a kid who wants to take his own life or her own life. They need Jesus. And we need to pray that God would supply that. Again, look at verse 2. So that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation amongst all the nations. Here's what Jesus had to say about it in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is not a back door to God. There is not an alternative way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 5 and 6 says this, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. There's only one way to God, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid a debt for me. He didn't transfer that debt. Jesus paid a debt for me that I could not pay, a sin debt that I could not pay by taking the price of my sin on the cross for me. I was spiritually bankrupt but Jesus paid my debt so that I could be in right standing with him. And the world needs to know that. We don't offer religion. We don't offer just a churchy experience. What we need to pray for is that the lost would know who God really is. Secondly, we pray that the lost would not only know God, we pray that the lost would praise God. We pray that the lost would praise God. Look at verses 3 and 5. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples, all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. And then verse 5 again repeats verse 3. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Why is this important? Why is this important? Here's why. Because this culture needs to understand that there is something bigger than themselves. And that's what worship does. 
You see, if you think that worship is singing two fast ones and two slow ones, if you think that worship is nothing more than singing songs off of a screen and that's it, you're, you're, you're missing what worship truly is. Worship is getting a bigger view of who God really is. When I, when I sing these songs to him, when I tell him that he is great, that I am his child, that he has set me free, when I say those things, I'm not fluffing up God's ego. I need to know this stuff. And this is how God makes his bigness, his greatness known to the world, is that when we worship him and then when we praise him, we are seeing that there is someone who is bigger than I can even fathom. And Oh, this world needs that today, church. Jesus gave this instruction in Matthew chapter 5. Starting in verse 14, he said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in in the house. In the same way, check this out. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they might see your good works, and what happens? They glorify your Father in heaven. Your testimony can lead to someone's praise. Thirdly, we pray that the lost would enjoy God. That they would enjoy God. We pray that the lost would know God, that they would praise God. And we pray that the lost would enjoy him. <clears throat> Look at verse, make sure I get it right, verse 4. It says, May the nations be what? Glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the people, may the nations be glad. You know, since this pandemic hit us a few years ago, boy, there's been a lot of sadness. There's been a lot of fear. A lot of anxiety. Some of it, I mean, we we could talk as to what that's from, and I'm not going to go there. But this has created this, I think, this mental health pandemic epidemic, if you will, amongst our country. Talk to a counselor. Uh, Depression, anxiety has just skyrocketed amongst the people whom they see. There are some that can barely handle the caseload that they have because of this. There's a mental health crisis amongst our students right now. Huge. And I think what this lost world needs to know that they could actually realize that serving Jesus is a life worth living. That he can restore the joy in your life that you've lost. I don't, I don't serve Jesus because it's my job. I don't. I don't serve Jesus just because I want to go to heaven someday. Now, I'm thankful for that. But here's what I found. I have found that a life dedicated to Jesus is the most worthwhile life that I could live. It's fulfilling. 
It's satisfying. It brings joy. It brings peace. It brings strength to me. That, that, that's what our world desperately needs to know. Look at Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We have a world that needs its joy back. And I'm not talking giddy, weird, hee <laughs> I'm talking about even in the midst of difficulty, there's peace and there's joy. And we want them to find that through Christ. I'm going to close with this. We pray that the lost would fear God. Notice I didn't say be afraid of God. Because that's not how God operates. God doesn't operate in fear. Look what verse 7 has to say. It says, May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Uh, We just got done with our Bible study in the book of Proverbs. And probably the key verse in the entire book is this one. Proverbs 1, verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and and instruction. We, We have a culture that is making decisions with absolutely no wisdom whatsoever. We have a culture that is looking for short-term fulfillment even though there can be long-term disaster. Do you know what the culture needs when they find themselves doing that? Wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. This awe, respect of the Lord, trying to know who God is, that sets me on the path to be wise. You know, I've met a lot of people that are book smart, but they're not very wise. (laughs) Have you met them? I've met some people that are incredibly wise, and they didn't even graduate high school. How does that happen? It's the fear of the Lord. It's this awe and respect of the Lord. And, And our prayer, God, we want the nation's to fear you. We want, we want people to know you. We want people to enjoy you. We want people to, to make wise choices and, and, and fear you. God, our, our prayer, bless our church so that we can reach our community. That's our prayer. That's our prayer. We, we, we'll pray for material blessing, fine, but... but it's not just so that we could have a nest egg. We, we, we pray, and yes, we'll, we are doing our best to be wise stewards of everything God blesses us with. But our purpose is to reach the lost. Our purpose is to pray and do what we can to provide an answer to a world that is starving spiritually, that is hurting incredibly. And they, there's only one person that could help them, and that is Jesus Christ. Nothing thrills me more. I will tell you this right now. Nothing thrills me more than to see somebody give their life to Jesus Christ. There is nothing that makes me happier. There's no, that's what moves me. That's what drives me. 
to see a heroin addict throw his needle away and give his life completely to Christ. Now we're talking. That's, see, and that's why I, this church does not get into a bunch of silly stuff. We're not going to have a church split over what color the carpet is. I don't care if it's a dirt floor. Let's just reach people for Jesus Christ. We don't major in minors because what we need to major on are people come to know the Lord. And don't put dirt on the carpet. But anyway. (laughs) But I believe that God's calling the church to pray. And I think he's calling the church to pray for things outside of ourselves. For things outside of these church walls. God is up to something in this church. I've sensed it. I've seen it. You'll say, what's he up to? I don't know. And Jonathan, if you can help me, that'd be great. I don't know what he's doing, but I want to be a part of it. I do. So we pray that God would make his face to shine upon us and to bless us in such a way that we could rob hell and just populate heaven. It comes through the prayers of the saints. Will you pray? Will you pray? You know, perhaps you're here today and you don't know Christ. The greatest miracle that could take place in this room, and I've seen miracles, I've seen, I've seen people stand out of wheelchairs. I, I've seen people who were, couldn't hear. God restored their hearing. I saw a lady one time, she couldn't cry tears. I saw a group of kids, kids, stand around her and pray for her. And the tears just started flowing. All those are awesome. But there's no miracle greater than somebody giving their life to Jesus Christ. That's what I want. That's what I want. So I believe God is saying, let the church pray. Maybe we could pray tonight. Maybe we could pray tomorrow. Maybe we could pray the next day and the next day and the next day. But I think we could start by praying this morning. And if you need Jesus Christ today, Will you give your life to him completely? Will you ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life, make him your Lord and your Savior? All the stuff that we've been talking about here today, if that's what you need, today's your day. It's no accident that you've heard all this. God is seriously trying to get your attention. Don't pass this up. Give your life completely to Jesus Christ. Let him change your life. Let him become the person whom you live for. Not yourself, not another person, but for him. Give your life completely to him. Today's your day. Don't pass this up. Would you all bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? Is that you, friend, with no one looking around? If you don't know Christ today, 
If you need Jesus to come into your heart, if you need to give your life completely to him today, would you do that? You'll say, Pastor, I'm not right with God, and I need to be, and I want to make that decision today. I'm not going to embarrass you, friend, but I want to pray for you. So if that is you, all I want you to do is simply put your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. You'll say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need to give my life to him. If that is you, slip your hand up. Thank you. I'm not right with him. I need to be. Who else? Thank you. Is there anyone else today? Hallelujah. Then for the rest of us, I'm going to say a prayer. And when I say amen, that'll be... That'll be the point that I'm done talking. But I would pray that that would actually be the beginning of our talking to the Lord from where we're at. That we would pray for the lost. Maybe there's somebody that you know personally that you want to pray for. Maybe they work with you. Maybe they live with you. Maybe they go to campus with you. Whatever the case might be. So maybe you want to pray specific, but... Would you join me in just praying for the lost? Jonathan will continue playing the guitar as long as we need. But let's make this place a place of prayer. Let the church pray that the lost would find him. So Jesus, I ask you now that you would hear the prayers of your church. Lord, we want to rob hell. And we want to populate heaven. God, bless us so that we can bless other people. God, we pray that the lost would know you. God, that they would praise you. Lord, that they would enjoy you. And God, that they would fear you. Lord, we, we, we pray those kinds of prayers today. We, we pray for changed lives. But God, we come to you and we pray. God, for those who need to give their life completely to you, we pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Become my Lord and my Savior. I give you total control. Help me to live for you every single day. But God, forgive me. And help me to live for you in such a way, Lord, that that you are pleased with me and my life and my behavior. So change me, I pray. Make me a new creation in you. And now, Lord, as your church prays to you, hear the prayers of the saints and work through them, I pray. And God, I'll thank you in your name. Amen. Now you pray, and when you're done, you can consider.